Memorial Day, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And after doing that, you should read the criteria at abcboxing.com since we talk about MMA judging on this show. You know what? Read it before and after you rate us. And then read it some more. Yeah, yeah. Just keep reading it. All right, Scott. We got no fights uh, until the end of this weekend. Nothing to break down. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the judges nailed their scores uh, at the UFC, Bellator, and PFL levels over the weekend. So good job, guys. Perfect. Well, hey. Guys real- and gals. Also, um, I believe Keith Peterson was punched in the face during a bout. Are you serious? At CFFC. Oh, that's nonsense. Bye. <laughs> He's, he is about no nonsense. Who, how did this happen? Was this he accidental was, or what? He was stuck in a, uh, the, the fighter was stuck in a choke, and I guess he was okay. trying to punch his opponent, and he clipped the referee in the, in the head, and then went to sleep. Oh, well, yeah. I, okay. So, this this wasn't a Gilbert Ivel situation. No, 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 I, I don't think this was an intentional punching in the face of a ref. All right. I mean, I'm sure he probably, I, I missed this completely. I guess it's I, been I really all over that over the weekend. Yeah, all over Twitter. Yeah, I've I've tried to because I hate social media. I just do it because I have to. So I've tried to do less of it over the last few days with no fights. Okay. And uh, yeah, I guess I missed that. I, I mean, obviously, I'm sure Keith is fine because I mean, he looks like a tough sob. Yeah, it was a love tap. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, before we jump into our past judgment for this show, why don't we break down who the fighters we want to see in the UFC that aren't who maybe have left and we want to see them come back. Or who have never actually been in the UFC? That's uh, so you want. You don't want to talk about like our our favorite like you know fight night snacks or something. Oh, I could talk about food all day long. I bet you could. Well, so could I. But yeah, no, that, that's an interesting topic. I like that. Um, well, why don't, why don't you start actually? Because I I know you're you kind of are are of of the two of us. You're the one who's more focused on UFC. Mighty Mouse has to come back. Okay, that's that's the guy because he left because they were killing the division. They never built him up. But now it seems like they're putting some attention to the division, and I want to see him versus Figueroa. Even after the loss he had to Adriano Marais. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. He he lost on, on a technique that isn't legal in the UFC. So I want to know how that would fight would play out without that technique. Well, let me ask you this. Do you also want Marais to come over to the UFC as well, or are you like, no, nah, it's a fluke. Leave I, him over well, there. to be honest, I would love to see a one UFC co-promotion. But we know the <laughs> UFC is not on you know board for that. You know who else that? One. I know they want they want it. Uh, the UFC will never do it, but that, why would they do that with one of all places? That's awesome. I don't know. Be great. Nothing against one. It's just no. Well, I think one is more the modern day Pride, and the UFC actually co-promoted somewhat with Pride. So I guess um, there's somewhat of a maybe. It's a hell of a stretch, there, my friend. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. They they are realistically if you want the the organization that's the most pride like today it's it's really uh risen rise and i always forget how you rise and well that that's funny because rise and said they'll co-promote with one and one was like nah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny how, how they very much want to co-promote with with up but they won't go down yeah um yeah at the very least uh risen rise and they uh they have co-promoted with bellator before mm. and that's always been interesting when they do the crossovers um yeah, it, pipe dream, my friend. There ain't, ain't going to be it's no never, co-promotion until some happen. sort of, you know, Aliak type thing even starts to become a thing. I don't even know that that would affect it. Who yeah. knows? Who knows what could happen out of that? Who knows? 
but that's that's still a ways off. Um, I mean, that's yeah. I, I certainly agree with you. I would I would want both of those guys over in the in the UFC. Marais, I want to see what he can do against the guys over. Uh, you know, and I don't want to say the big league, but yeah, I mean, in the major, you know, most promoted league in the world, obviously in the UFC. The, that's a good way to promotion, put it. not league. Most promoted. There's only one league. It's it's professional fighters league, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean the best paid. Uh, definitely. Not. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, put him into that division. Let's face it; I would be way more interested in seeing Davison Figueroa go against Adriano Marais than I would against uh, Brandon Moreno again next month. Oh yeah, they did make a cool poster for that though. It was like Sparta. Well, I saw somebody made a poster. Oh, it's not it's not the official poster. Oh God, no, oh, no, not thought, even close. Uh-huh. They never do that. They they would never do something so cool. That was made by somebody, um, and I shared that around. Is that the one you saw? Yeah. So that was made. I'm going to pull it up real quick because I do want to credit the artist who probably is never going to listen to this, but I'll still do it anyway. It was shared by at least uh, Cosmic Danny on Twitter, uh, and that poster was made as a – oh, here, here it is actually. Uh, the credit on the on the poster itself says uh, Instagram MP97Design. So, so kudos to that uh, creator over there. It is Figueredo. Dressed up like Kratos, the god of war, as in his nickname. And it's Brandon Moreno dressed up as someone from Assassin's Creed. Oh. Because he's the the was the babyface assassin or whatever. Is that his name? I always forget it. I'm terrible with the fighter nicknames unless they're like the awesome ones. Uh so yeah, they they went with kind of the, the video game theme. And actually I, I mean obviously you know I'm a gamer. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. poster. And it is way outside of the realm of the creativity that we've seen from the UFC. <laughs> I wonder if the if the creative team is allowed to be creative. I feel like they're probably not. I I would bet that they're actually pretty restricted. That I don't know that. That's just me speculating. But like they used to be able to do cool. They used to make cooler stuff. And I think Boss Logic might have been someone who was doing those posters before. And obviously he's moved on to bigger, better things. Um, mm. But yeah, I miss I miss the posters that they were. I mean, even, it's not like all of them were were fantastic even then. But it's just like now it's like just take one fighter's face, clip it yeah. in half, yeah. and then take the other fighter's face. And clip it in half, and then stick them next to each other, and there's your poster. I have I I can use Photoshop, but I'm not by any means some sort of pro graphic designer or anything like that. And I'm pretty sure I could come up with something equal to or better than what we get. Maybe we'll do that. No, it's not worth my time. <sighs> but who would I want to kind of circle back to the topic? Is who do I want to see in the UFC? Easily number one is Patrizio Pitbull. That's like, it's not even close. The, it, he needs to be in the UFC. Showing the world that he belongs with the best at 145 or 55 or both or heck 35, whatever. He can honestly, he could probably do any of those three. Bring him in. See what happens. It's it's kind of up to him. I think he's he seems like he's been pretty comfortable over there. I don't think it's just because he's comfortable being, you know, the big fish in a smaller pond necessarily. I just I bet you he's paid better. And if he's paid better, I don't blame him for staying over there. That's fine. Better money for sure. Hopefully, well, we don't know that, but for sure, um, ah, you know, who knows? I, I don't want to speculate, but I hope that he can both get what he deserves to be paid and be able to fight the guys like Alexander Volkanovsky or you know Charles Oliveira. You know, these are the fights that I really want. So he's got to be over there. I wish Rory McDonald was back. Yeah. I still think he would be an interesting addition to the welterweight division in the UFC. Hmm. Where do you think he he stands? Right now, I mean, he's not better than Usman, sorry. No, he's definitely not. But he's better than Masvidal. I would be, yeah. I think he could probably beat Masvidal. 
You could put him in the top five, I, I think, very easily. Did he ever fight Wonder Boy? I believe he did. Let me, uh, we'll check that real quick. Or Leon Edwards. That'd be pretty cool, too. Yeah, he fought uh, Wonder Boy. That was uh, actually his last UFC fight. He lost the decision five rounds. All right. I would still be interested to see it. Uh, well, not necessarily that fight again. I mean, certainly could be, but I think more immediately, I just, uh, there, there are guys to fight in the UFC. I think he would be interesting. He's still, he's not old. He's in his early 30s. No, he's definitely he's not been fighting old. forever because he's been fighting since he was like 15. A lot of fight miles. Yeah, that, that is true. And especially that that Robbie Lawler fight. That was bad. That goat level fight. That that probably took a lot of time off of both the, both of these guys' careers. Although Robbie was at least later in his. Well, also, yeah, but in in his defense, that Wonder Boy fight was right after that fight. So it was. Things might have been different if he had some, yeah. a little bit more time. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, it seemed like he was perfectly fine moving on from the UFC. And he's yeah. he's definitely leveraged free agency very well. You know, he told me uh, before his last fight with PFL that this is the best contract he's ever had. So he's very satisfied. Plus a chance to win a million. Yeah, that's pretty good. It definitely helps. But why, why don't we get into past judgment? Why not? It's about time. <laughs> I think it's about yeah, time. Well, so obviously you're, you made the choice this week to go with the a UFC Hall of Fame fight. John Jones. The first time he beat Alexander Gustafson all the way back in 2013, right? Yeah, this was fantastic fight. And like, it's funny when I watched this live, I remember thinking it was really exciting and really enjoying it. And then when I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, this, this certainly ends well, but I don't. I almost think it's kind of gotten this this overrated reputation. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. All right, that's fine. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: everyone knows that Jones wins. Maybe so, yeah, it could just be the so, fact that I'm rewatching this, and it's like, well, the drama's out of it. So you know? now the 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 drama of watching it live was, wow, Gustafson's really taking it to Jones, and and we've never that we seen this seen before. Anyone really take it to Jones? Yeah. Either. So that's pretty much context. You're right. Context is key. Yeah. So it's not like I was bored. I'm not trying to say that. But no, but I, mean, I think I think it kind of it was. This was a fight that kind of had. It took a few rounds to really build. Yeah, it took a little bit, but it was still good. Sure. Good. I still don't know if it's a Hall of Fame level play. I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe I'm just I think a hater. So. Maybe yeah. I'm a hater. But anyways, let, let, we don't need to debate that. What we really do need to do, though, is we need to make sure that we go over what we always go over, which is the couchside judges criteria that we're going to use for past judgment here. So, Dan, take it away. All right. The CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, let's get into it. Jones Gustafson won. Yeah, so this was UFC 165, the headliner, of course. Any any John Jones fight from the point he became uh, the champion is a headliner, pretty much by default, and it will always be that way. For sure. Uh, at, this was at the Air Canada Center in Toronto on September 21st, 2013. And Dan, I don't know where you were when you were watching it, but I was in Costa Rica on my honeymoon. Oh, look at you. Watching this one. I was in a restaurant. It was not a pay-per-view down there. It was on, I, I forget what channel. It was probably like BT Sport or something. Um, whatever whatever happens to be 
the channel that was on in Costa Rica. So I was able to watch it there, but I'm pretty sure I got the Spanish language broadcast, which makes sense, which you know who is the uh, one of the members of that commentary team for this fight? Um, who? The last man to defeat Alexander Gustafson, Fabricio Verdun. Look at that, Fabricio. Mm-hmm. He can speak He is Spanish. trilingual. I don't know if Spe- you know that. He, he speaks English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Yeah, look at him. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, so I was, I was watching that one on uh, my honeymoon about, uh, I don't know, half a mile from a volcano or something. That's pretty cool. It was very cool. It was a cool backdrop, but, you know, I was watching the fight. Anyway, uh, John Jones, he's coming into this one. Both guys actually are 26 years old, but Jones was 18 and 1. 19 uh, and 0. Excuse me? 19 and 0. <laughs> yes, that's right. He he has, as uh, you're alluding to, of course, he has the lone disqualification loss to Matt Hamill, which he was winning dominantly in 2009. It was, of course, a disqualification, but uh, let's face it. That is emblematic of John Jones beating himself. Sure. Anyway, uh, he actually, this was only, this is a couple of years before Jones started having all those, you know, out of the cage issues, which have defined his career now, uh, other than his greatness. So this was still the, you know, the baby face, John Jones, everybody, you know, is like, oh yeah, I mean, we like him. You know? Nike sponsorship. Nike sponsorship. Those, those uh, trunks were actually pretty cool. I like them. Yeah. Gatorade was on it too. Giant Gatorade look on it. <laughs> Uh, but this was his sixth title defense. Uh, he had just won five months earlier over Chael Sonnen. That was the fight, of course, uh, here in New Jersey, about five minutes from my house. I really um, want to know where, what would happen in that fight. What if it went another it went 27 seconds second, or so and it got stopped it, yeah. because of his disgusting broken toe? Toe that's hanging off. That's true. Really curious. Well, it didn't matter because Jones took the wood to him. He did. Beat Chael pretty good. Uh, Gustafson, like I said, he's 26 too. 15 and 1 coming to this one, too. He's on a six fight win streak, the most recent being uh, over Mauricio Shogun Hua by decision at the end of 2012. So he, he hadn't fought in about nine months before this fight. Um, the judges here Richard Bertrand, Doug Crosby, and Chris Lee. And the referee is John McCarthy. Yes, sir. So, Dan, get at it. What's going on in round one? Round one. I, I thought this was a solid round for both guys. I thought John, uh, John Jones had his best success to the body and legs. Those spin kicks were pretty nice landed pretty solidly but Gustafson was landing good combos to the head and solid kicks to the leg I think he was more immediately impactful you know Jones has good offense in like the final 30 seconds that elbow against the cage I think it's a pretty close round and I think you can make a case for either guy but I'm going Gustafson 10-9 yeah I think that's pretty well put uh, you know even if you look at the the strike breakdown to you know what regions of the body uh, we have Jones he landed five shots up to the head eight to the body and 15 to the legs, whereas Gustafson was eight, four, and seven. So, you know, Gustafson, when he's landing, he's definitely landing a little more upstairs. But Jones, like you said, is is almost entirely focused on the body and the legs. And I think those type of strikes, while they certainly pay dividends, it I almost think it's like harder to you know assess them as strongly as yeah. say, you know, a really good headshot or or more headshots, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean headshots are gonna Body shots are going to wear you down. Leg kicks are going to wear you down. Head shots are going to knock you out. And on the whole, you know, Jones actually won the, you know, the, the strikes landed for this round. Not that that matters and not that the judges even have that. But it's just it, it is interesting to note that I agree with you. First off, that Gustafson won this round. I, I, I think it's really close. I think you can go either way. And I did think Gustafson won, even though he was outstruck by it was actually 28 to 19. So it wasn't even just, a, you know, to a small degree. 
A lot of those light kicks were those oblique kick things. Those distant, yeah. those range keepers, kind of. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think that's part of the reason why it's it's kind of harder to give him that round because the, the, the strikes he's landing, I think I certainly assess them as not quite as impactful There's, on the whole. I find them similar, as, similar to a jab. Yeah, I mean, I guess every jab is different. You know, some people got a really good jab, like yeah, Rob Font. Okay, a range finder jab. That's what I I'm, understand. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you know that's that's why it really comes down to the immediate impact of the strikes uh, that you really have to weigh more heavily. And and when you're watching a fight, it's not just the numbers. And this is a good round for that. And I, I think the fact that you and I both had it ten nine for Gustafson. Just like all three judges, I think that speaks to the fact that yes, this is the way you're supposed to be looking at it. Yep, very well put. Round two, though, this is uh, this is where we start to see even the judges disagreeing. So why don't you break it down? How, what happened here? This was another close round. Uh, again, I thought Jones was landing great kicks. He had a nice elbow. Seemed like he was trying to start throwing those elbows a bit more through, mm-hmm. as the fight progressive. But well, I, you know, he I think he used. The, I meant to mention this too, Dan. I think he used the first round really to do exactly what he's doing soften up the legs soften up the body because he knew it was a five round fight it's a marathon yeah john john was just trying to wear him down uh i also thought gustafin was landing solid punches again uh i thought they both had effective attacks i think the kicks this round for jones are more immediately impactful he had three head kicks that he landed um so i'm gonna go with jones i, I was go with 10-9 jones yeah i agreed with you too i, I thought this was a jones round uh, another close round too um it, it's definitely, I think it's even closer than the first round, personally. Yeah, I agree with you. And again, we we see John Jones outlanding Gustafson in this round, too. But in this round, I agree. I think the, the impact that's coming from these strikes is starting to be more in Jones' favor. Yes. And that's really what it came down to. But again, you can make the argument one way or the other. And the fact that we do have a split among the judges here with uh, Bertrand and Lee seeing 10-9 for Jones, just as you and I did, which makes it tied at 19 apiece. Crosby had this one, 10-9 for Gustafson. No problem there. 20-18 to 18 for him now. And, and Jones is cut at this point, right? Over, over his eyes? He is. Yeah, he's cut. Um, I just don't... I mean, it's obviously there's, there's impact there, but I don't know. I just wasn't sure that it really Not- was... You know, you know what I mean. It, I don't think it was as impactful in terms of trying to, you know, work toward the fact. I mean, it's hard to say because the cuts there, like that's obviously that's damage, that's yeah, he, visible damage, and it could have Im- you know, impacted his ability to fight. But I just didn't think it was enough. Yeah, I, I think the kicks were 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 the better effective strikes. I agree, from Jones. So, but again, I have no problem with with Doug Crosby's card at this. Yeah, point. I'd, I'd be okay. What's he two zero, uh, Gustafson? Yeah, yeah, 20-18 for Gustafson. That's a totally viable score here, absolutely. Definitely. So, round three, though, and again, our judges are, are seeing the fight a little bit differently, and what, another close round, right? This is a, I thought this round was very close, and it's, this is at this point, this is definitely the toughest fight Jones spent in his career. Oh, easily, yeah. So, even, watch, even more than, uh, than Shale to, you know, obviously almost finish John Jones with a broken... <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that was ridiculous that would have stunk <laughs> but uh i think jones is consistently landing good kicks in and throughout the round uh, actually i think gus is winning the round up until probably minute 45 ish okay jones lands this solid body kick and it basically just shuts gus down it seems like he just kind of was like gonna cruise for the fu- remainder of the round it's a good observation 
you know, then Jones landed that solid uh, spinning elbow. He ended up getting a, a waist lock put against him, but Gustafson did nothing from there. And uh, I'm going with uh, with Jones here. It, it's really the beginning of the round versus the end of the round and how it sways and, and who's, who you're in favor of. Okay. Did you think, I guess I can understand that. You, sure. Did you think Gus did enough to keep a lead, to keep the win through that kick in, in the end of the round? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I'm with you, actually. I saw it the same way as uh, Jones 10-9 here. Um, I don't know if I toyed with it as much quite that way. I, I guess at least I didn't pinpoint the exact moment like that, but it did just feel like that Jones was taking control later. Okay. And and I really just thought that was enough. He, he just ultimately got to the point where it's like, okay, the, the damage he's doing is is exceeding yep. what he's taking back. Yeah, that that's good. Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was definitely at that start of that body kick. It was like, oh, all right. This is now Jones is taking over this fight. Good call. I like that. Um, yeah. So, so again, we we both had it 10-9 for Jones. So we've got him 29-28. Uh, we had two judges see it the same way. Crosby and Lee this time. It was Richard Bertrand who was the descending judge. Saw this one for Gustafson. And, you know, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the first three rounds are kind of right up in, you know, they're kind of, if you see them all for Gustafson, it's, it's hard to f- say you're wrong. So. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a case to be made that Gustafson uh, is winning this fight, and obviously we we know that Jones wins the fight. It's not really a secret, uh, <laughs> and no one's forgotten that. But yeah, I don't. I think the better I think the better way to view this fight is through 15 minutes. John Jones is winning the fight. You know what I mean? Like as a whole, forget score, forget the scoring exactly. If we're just right. kind of looking at yeah. it, what are we watching? We're watching John Jones. I think winning the fight, despite the fact that. It is close. It mm-hmm. is interesting. And he is in more of a fight than he's than we've ever really seen. I think that's kind of the the thing that gets lost in the excitement from right. Joe Rogan and from Mike Goldberg, who are on the commentary on this one, is the fact that it it's really more of like you're kind of grading on a curve. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. In terms of the way they're viewing it, interpreting the action for the people at home is, yeah, I think there's almost like a grading on the curve here is the fact that, yeah. John Jones, oh my goodness, he he looks like human now. It's like, yeah, but I still think he's winning. Yeah, pretty so, pretty spot on. Yeah, there. the fact that we ended up at twenty nine twenty eight for Jones, it definitely makes me feel good. Like the scoring is working, absolutely. Um, and it does reflect that this is a close fight, even though it's obviously round by round. Um, what we have now though is Crosby and Bertrand have this twenty nine twenty eight for Gustafson, and it's actually Chris Lee who's the only one who sees it our way twenty nine twenty eight for Jones right now. So now we go into the championship rounds, Dan. Uh, what what's going on here now? Start of this round, I thought Gustafson was having himself a, a pretty solid round. He's landing great combos. Jones is is continuing with the kicks. This is you know a, a trend throughout this whole fight. He's kicking really well, but I still thought Gus was definitely winning up until John Jones starts throwing some elbows like you would throw a punch. He's like just keeps like instead of throwing a straight left, he's throwing it as an elbow, and these are landing pretty hard and. The big moment of this fight is the spinning elbow that completely changes this round. Gus is yes. hurt. He backs up almost the entire length of the cage. John Jones chases him, gets the clinch, lands a couple knees, and he's doing big damage at the end. And before you, before you, like, you can finish your thought, but before you give your score, I do want to just say something. Keep going. And I, I think this was a, a solid finish to this round for John Jones. Okay, so I, before again, before you say your score, I just want to know. Where did you see this fight going for, like, how far into this fight 
or this round, did you see Gustafson winning? Like how, how close were you to maybe giving it to Gustafson? Only up until throughout and still once John Jones started throwing those elbows, that's uh, where it changed not, for you? not not the spinning elbow when he started landing those solid elbows at distance. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, now this round is pretty close. Let's see who can you know put a stamp on it and take it. See, I I mean I agree with you. That I think that's when kind of started to at least move in that direction. But I would say up until that spinning elbow, I still thought Gustafson was winning the round. You know what? That was that was my exact thought uh, eight years ago. Yeah, I remember having a Facebook argument with people. I'm like, no, Jones wins this round that that elbow was round changing mm-hmm. it, it was so strong like you have to once that elbow hit now gus is on his horse and he's in survival mode yeah absolutely I, I i think you could probably debate whether who's winning at the point of that elbow i did think gustison was winning but but from that point on it dramatically changed yeah so what was your final score then for this round i had to go 10-8 i thought the damage was solidly checked yeah, absolutely. I did too. I think it, it, it moved from being a Gustafson round that was like kind of close to me to all the way, like probably in the span of what? It was like a minute 20 or yeah. something like that. I forget the, the mm-hmm. timestamps uh, going on in this fight uh, or in this round. But yeah, I think it, it really just in that short time frame, it went from close but Gus to a very solidly 10-8 in our scoring system for Jones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jones was pouring it on there. And I like that we have the differentiator in here because, again, this is a really close fight. So to have a round where you can say very solidly, this is a different winning round for John Jones than it is for anything that Gustafson might have done mm-hmm. in the first three rounds. Yeah, oh, for sure. You need something like this for context. It just the, the close rounds, to just say 10-9 for them, it's just not enough. When you compare it to a round like this, it's just not enough. Yeah, I'm with you. That it, it, it isn't enough. There's but fortunately, we have it here. And I would say, like, if, if, you know, let's say I was sitting cage side and I said, oh, Jones won this round. I think it would be crazy to give this one, even by modern standards, a, a 10-8 in ABC scoring. This is only a 10-9 yeah, I would in never ABC go. scoring. I'd never go 10-8 in the ABC here. Yeah, which, you know, of course, all three judges did the same. Uh, they, they were... They were seeing this one appropriately, a 10-9 for Jones, which Thankfully. means right now we have Bertrand and Crosby have it tied at 38, and Chris Lee has it 39-37 for Jones. You and I have it 39-36, but again, we would we would see it exactly the same as Chris Lee. Yep, we had the same as, so yeah, so we, Chris has 39-37? Yeah, he has okay. 39-37. Okay. Yeah, that's what we would have. But that's what I like about, you know, our scoring is it, it's much more realistic that you, and I'm granted it, Doug Cross or excuse me, uh, Chris Lee is at the same point now where let's say a 10, eight or which translates to a 10, seven in our system, that would at least create a draw opportunity for Gustafson. But mm-hmm. I, I just think you need that nuance. I agree. And I've, uh, this past weekend with no fights, I've watched more basketball than I have the past six months of the season. Congratulations. So, I mean, if someone knocks down a 30 foot shot, they should get an extra point. It's a three pointer. Oh, I was gonna say you wanted as so, a four pointer. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying because well, they already they you know two points close range. So that's kind of like the analogy I'm making. And a little mm-hmm. further, you get an extra point. I think they should add a four point line. That'd be cool. It's got to be real deep though. I'm, I'm, we're talking about real deep half half court. No, not not even half court. I'm just thinking about like the guys like and I know you don't watch too much basketball, and now you've watched a bunch. But guys like like Steph Curry or or. Uh, or Dame Dalla Lillard, he can he can throw it up there from thirty to thirty three feet away. You put it all the way out there and say, "Listen, if you can hit it from out here, you get that extra point." I think you deserve it. That'd be fun. 
That'd be pretty cool to see a lot of five-point plays coming. Yeah, I know, right? Real game chat. I like that. And, and it would kind of open up the possibilities at the end of games, I feel like. So. Scott for commissioner. It would be interesting, but who knows? Now, all the NBA wants to do is, and not to go too much on the NBA here, but all the NBA wants to do is just create these like midseason tournaments and stuff. I'm like, get that out of here. Leave it for soccer. <laughs> I don't need it in my my National Basketball Association. Leave it out. 82 games, then the playoffs. That's it. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, but yeah, but let's circle back here. Let's bring it home. Round five, close fight. But Jones has all the momentum. And it, honestly, it looks like Gustafson's really kind of losing steam now. He, he has lost his steam, coupled with the damage. He's never gone five rounds before. A bit tired. I think he was more tired than hurt, though. And I, I did flirt. Probably a little of both, but I think you're right. I flirted with a 10-8. In round five? In round five, but I didn't go there. Uh, I thought John, John Jones was, was smashing some shots. He was... He landed three huge head kicks that weren't even, like, remotely blocked. Somehow Gus ate him. Uh, probably what saved him is he had decent uh, striking in, like, the first minute and a half. Some good uppercuts and combos. But they didn't have the impact that he had earlier in the fight. I thought John was really smashing him. So I did flirt with a 10-8 for damage, but I, I ultimately didn't go there. I went 10-9 Jones and uh, overall great fight. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I, I was not even flirting with the idea of it being a 10-8. I think I dismissed it out of hand because I just wasn't seeing enough kind of being done to affect Gustafson. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I I thought he was more tired than he was hurt by the strikes. Right. And so, that was, that's basically the crux of my argument. Why, why I wouldn't have even thought about it is, you know, you could argue, you know, around like this, maybe you're looking for, you know, Jones to at least kind of out, outwork him in such a way that where Gustafson's almost not doing anything. But you, like you said, that is not the case in this round. I just don't see a very strong, even think, you know, not so not calling you crazy for thinking about it. You obviously got to use the scoring and evaluate it one way or the other. But yeah, this was not very close to a 10-8 for me at all. I just thought this was a very solid 10-9, although a better one than than Jones had really had of the other ones that we kind of called 10-9 for. Yeah, right? I, I just uh, also another thing is I was, I was like, you can't even make an argument for Gustafson winning this round. Sure, sure, so, that's true. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a 10 8. No, but it, it, it helps. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, shoot, if you can, <laughs> I don't think you can go to a 10 8 if you can make a case for Gustafson, right? Right. That's, that's obviously. So, yeah, no, I, I just thought this was a very solid Jones round. But yeah, you're right. It, there's not really as much going on with Gustafson at this point. I don't think he's like just fighting to get to the end or anything like that. But he, <sighs> he was just so sapped. He was, he was out of steam. And, you know, so I saw it 10-9 Jones, just like you did, of course. That gave both you and I, because we saw every round the same, 49-45 to for Jones. I think that's a good reflective score of this fight, uh, mm-hmm. even though the fact that it was very close. And, and realistically, if we saw two of those uh, other rounds for Gustafson, the ones that were close, rounds two and three, it would end up being a draw on our cards, or it would be realistically a victory for Gustafson in the scoring that actually matters. But... No, I, I I think the right thing happened here. I don't think this fight was quite as close as people really remember it being. Yeah, I don't rem- I don't remember what the but the, what the backlash was after this. Well, it was just the fact that I think John Jones hadn't been tested like that before. Yeah. I think that was really. I don't know that people really thought Gustafson won. I don't think that's what it is. I think people were a little surprised that it happened that way. I think Gustafson certainly could see how he made a case for winning the fight. 
Yeah, I mean, if you if you judge this as a whole, like you even said, after three rounds, we're looking at Jones. After five rounds, there's no way. The better man so. was decided very clearly here. He made yeah. his, his presence known. I think everybody recognized that afterwards. There, there wasn't really controversy. I don't want to make it sound like that. I don't think there was controversy. I think people were arguing. That's what round, I'm saying. I don't think there was. I think people were arguing round four the most. Uh, if oh, I, as far if, as if being I recall, a 10-8? No, no, no. I'm not sure. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking round four. A lot of people were saying Gus won round four. Oh, from that's what crazy. I recall, I know that that is crazy. That's what I was saying. I remember having that Facebook argument with people. Oh, uh, I don't know. I was I was how. in Costa Rica, like I said. I was I was soaking it in. You did, I mean, you, you were on your honeymoon. You didn't care about nonsense after the fight. Not so much. But you know what? I did care about the next day. Breakfast. You know what happened the next day? No. That was when the Panthers beat the crap out of the Giants. Yeah, we're just gonna move on. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that one. I was I was doing um. What was it? Uh, zip lining. Okay. In in Costa Rica, and here I am, here and there, checking the score on my phone every little bit. And then I got back in time to watch uh, the second half because I, for some reason, had it on down there. I was like, "Oh, that's great, interesting." Yeah. Is this the one where they almost came back the Giants? No, this is the one where they they shut out the Giants. Oh, okay. You know, like that one from your memory. I know the Giants had uh, one where they were down huge, and then they almost came back and won. That's when Beckham went insane with Josh Norman. No, I was at that game actually, though. That was insanity. I, I attended that one. Right. No, this was uh, this was when we, when they they beat uh, Eli Manning and the Giants thirty eight to nothing. No, we didn't have it that day. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that's of course the end of past judgment for the uh, the Panthers uh, Giants game. I mean the the John Jones <laughs> Alexander Gustafson first fight. You know, after you picked this one, it occurred to me that. What might be an even more interesting one to to do for our purposes is look at Alexander Gustafson's later championship loss to Daniel Cormier, because that one was a split decision. So why don't we do that one on Tuesday or, or, or for Friday? I'm sorry, since this fight card coming up, I don't think there's many, many interesting decisions we can choose from for the, Is that right for the fight. I haven't, card that's I haven't coming gotten up. that far ahead because I've been so, uh, you know, kind of dialing out of what's going on in MMA just for a few days, just to give myself a little bit of a break and a recharge. I mean, but, the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of heavyweights I'm seeing here. The, yeah. The, the um, main event, they, you know, they obviously have terrible fights that are usually not very please, interesting decisions to break down or what. Please don't make me watch Augusta Sakai versus black or even off again. Maybe I'll do that. Please don't. I'm going to do it just to, <laughs> just to spite you. <laughs> like Sakai's in the main event. Now I bet that it's a split. Let's not do it. I don't even want to entertain it. All right, it's that's t- fine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing anybody on the card either. I'm. I'm kind of looking uh, as well. And yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Executive decision. Let's do it. Let's let's, let's yeah. do let's do Gustafson uh, DC again. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. So that's it, and uh, and you already know what we're going to be talking about in a few days before we get to, of course, the the UFC card for the weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. Have have a great Memorial Day. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening.